0: Happy Advent, friends, and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams.
1: And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. But how about our guest today?
0: I've been so excited about this. I
1: feel like, yeah, yeah, we're the hosts, but who's coming? Max Lucato, The one and only. Oh my goodness. We are so excited to have Max on the podcast today. And yes, he did say we can call him Max. We have permission. Feels amazing. This is week one of our five-week Advent series. We are about four weeks from Christmas Day right now. Y'all tis the season. We are going to be going through the hymn, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but we'll be going through the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, and the scriptures that inspired its lyrics. This is a sweet episode. If there's anybody to tell a story, it's Max Lucado. Let's get right to it. Max Lucado, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, and happy Advent.
2: (laughs) Can you believe it's already Advent?
1: My grief. Thank you
2: guys. It's great to see you or talk to you. It's a true honor. It's a true honor. I've been a a fan of this ministry for, well, I guess ever since I heard about it some years ago. So thank you for getting so many people to reconnect with Scripture.
1: Oh, well, likewise, we too are
0: fans. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to just go ahead and show my cards real early. I have been an avid reader of yours for years. And truly, like, the, when I think about my experience with your work, my high school and college years, it was known that if there was a new Max Lucado book, I would have it. And then I would pass it to my mom, or she would pass it to me. Mm. And then a really sweet part of that story is that I had a cousin. He's gone to be with the Lord now, but he was incarcerated for a long time. And we would send your books to him. When we were allowed to, and then when he was released, he would like return the favor. It just your books have are part of our family story in some really specific ways. And so it's an honor. I can't wait to tell my mom that you're here, Max. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna be so thrilled.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you.
1: So we are kicking off Advent as a community. It is I would venture to say, our favorite series of the year. I think it's As they say, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's hard to have a favorite child, and that's how our reading
0: plans feel like our children. Uh But
1: Advent season
0: is far and away one of the community's favorites. So yeah, yeah, to kick it
1: off with you is really special. And as we speak of favorites, something that Amanda and I discovered about each other around this time last year is that we shared a favorite Christmas hymn. Our favorite Christmas hymn, it was... Well, pause. What's your
0: favorite Christmas hymn? Mexicano? I would say
2: one? O Come O Come Emmanuel.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I don't
2: know if I could sing it, but Oh, uh, please do. I mean, oh, no, I would love you that. Want that. Everybody would turn off the program.
0: You know, somebody
2: should. I've actually had this thought seriously over the years of doing an advent series just based on the phrases in the Christian hymns. Yes, Because there's some treasures. There's some real treasures.
1: You couldn't have teed this up better, Did, Max. Truly. Our favorite Christmas hymn is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, another great mm. one. And this year's Advent series breaks down the lyrics of this hymn. And so we... For the next five weeks, we'll be journeying yeah. through the mm-hmm. lyrics of the hymn and looking to the scriptures that inspired them. So we'll for sure, in the show notes, you all will link to a few different versions. Mm-hmm.
0: And we do have an Advent playlist Usually each year, um, we get around to it for She Reads Truth. And so this year's Advent playlist has, I know, at least one version Um, of this hymn, probably, I think, more than one. More than one, So if you have a study book, there's a QR code you can scan to get to the Spotify playlist. But we'll also link it in the show notes.
1: If y'all go into pages 20 and 21 in your study book, you will be able to scan the QR code and listen to the Advent playlist. Yep. Well, okay, so as we are kicking off Advent as a community, y'all listening, I just feel wiggly and happy about the joy of like, it's time. Um, you are moving around in your chair I am, I am. There's been a lot of coffee this morning, and that <laughs> might be part of it. It's time for a peppermint mocha. But Max, talk to me about Advent in the Lucado home. When Advent rolls around, so like right now, like what looks different in your home because it's the Advent season?
2: I wish you could meet my wife, Dean. I do
1: too. Okay.
2: She's terrific. Mm -hmm. And she loves to decorate. Mm. So once Thanksgiving is past, our house begins to visually change. Yeah. And she decorates every possible corner with Christmas (laughs) stuff. She's real big into Christmas stockings. Even if somebody is coming who doesn't typically come for Christmas, you know, so she'll make a new one. She'll make a new one so everybody in the house has a Christmas stocking. And she's just relentless in decorating (laughs) everything. Now, it has gotten to the point where she's pretty particular about the tree. And so, believe it or not, I'll offer to help. Oh, no, no, Max, I got it, I got it. Because (laughs) she doesn't trust her husband (laughs) <laughs> with Christmas tree decorations, and she's pretty particular about well, how the just tree right. works. But <laughs> yeah, so, so things things really begin to change. Yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah. So even like the things that we see give us mm-hmm. a cue that something is coming, something's happening. Yeah, yeah, I they like do. That.
2: They do. As a pastor, well, let me back up just a little bit. I was raised in a certain tradition that, although I learned about Christ and became a Christian. The emphasis was not on celebrating the traditional Christmas holidays, okay. either Easter or Christmas. In fact, they were de-emphasized. I know, it's a curiosity. Huh. It's a curiosity. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, the only reason I mention that is because the first time I was a pastor, a young pastor, I was told we always have an Advent Christmas series, and I did not know what the word Advent meant. Okay. How do you go all the way through seminary and, (laughs) you know, not know what Advent meant? And so I was so excited when I learned that Advent means coming, Mm -hmm. the coming, Mm -hmm. the coming of Christ, Mm -hmm. the coming of hope, the coming of the great gift. And so it is easy to get excited about the great coming. I grew up in a home where I was the baby, and my two older sisters were 15 and 13. Oh, surprise. Here's Max. And (laughs) uh, so I know the beauty of coming because at Christmas Mm -hmm. time, I could not wait until my sisters, who at that point were in their Mm. early 20s and just recently married, I could not wait until the coming. You know, the house (laughs) was empty until my older sisters and their newlywed husbands showed up in the driveway. That's when Christmas began. Mm. And so I get it. The coming, the arrival, how exciting. Oh, Jackie's here. Joan is here. You know, just (laughs) a big announcement. Mm. And for us as Christians to be able to celebrate the coming, the Messiah is here. Everything's different now. Yeah. That connects with me quickly.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: I love that. And it's true. I mean, we... We talk about, if you all have your study book, you'll read in the introductory material really just what you so beautifully said, Max, that Advent, it's a Latin word and it means coming. It means arrival. Mm -hmm. And so when we use it in this context, we're talking specifically about the arrival of Jesus Mm -hmm. as a baby in Bethlehem and... You know, we scripture promises that Christ is coming again and there will be a second Advent. There will be another coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so this season, if you're unfamiliar, if you grew up in a tradition that did not observe Advent, welcome, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Um, This season, it's part of the church calendar. The church calendar is not something that's prescribed in scripture, but it goes centuries and centuries back, back, back in Mm -hmm. church history. And it is just a way that the church worldwide, if they so choose, order their year mm-hmm. around, you know, specific kind of cornerstones of our faith, right? So, events that mark the Christian faith. So, one of those being mm-hmm. the birth of Jesus yes. at Christmas time and also Christ's death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, those are the kind of points on the calendar that there are other seasons built mm-hmm. built around for the Christian calendar. So, Advent starts it starts 4 Sundays before Christmas Day and it is this it is a season of preparation, mm-hmm. of anticipating the birth of Jesus and of celebrating the birth of Jesus and anticipating that he will come again. Mm-hmm. So, it's an emotional time yeah. when you think of it that yeah. way. Like there are a lot of colliding in this one season of the church calendar, because we remember what it was like for generations before Jesus to wait for the promised Messiah, and we remember His birth, and when He came to dwell on earth and walk the earth, and we remember what we know, we yeah. know, we experience every day what it's like to long for His return. So when you said that this resonates, Max, that it's one of the reasons we chose the title we did for this plan. So the, the title comes from the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, but the title is Joy of Every Longing Heart. Mm -hmm. because that's who Jesus is, Mm -hmm. the joy of every longing heart.
1: Which ties us into the first advent and the second, the longing heart of all of those who waited and watched for the Messiah to come, and then the waiting and watching hearts of everyone in the early church all the way till now, until He comes. The longing that we experience will be fulfilled and full of joy in His return.
0: So, Max, when I think of your... I'm less familiar with your work as a pastor because I'm not in your congregation, but there is a very real sense in which you pastor those of us who have read your work, your Mm -hmm. books, you're a very prolific writer. And when I think of what it was that made me connect with your work, it's that you understand I think those emotions like longing, Mm -hmm. like there's something about the way that you present Jesus and present the gospel that I think really taps into those common human experiences that we all have, wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever our, our history and our life has looked like. And so what is it about Christmas? Because I feel like, and I'll ask the two of you, do you, I feel like there are times when Christmas really accentuates the longing that we feel. Do you feel that way? And if so, like, why do you think that is? I do.
2: I do. And I think if my writings have helped people connect with Christ, it's because I have such a huge advantage, and that is I'm such a great sinner. (laughs) I mean, I get grace. I get grace. I am so—I have so long since abandoned any hope of my own righteousness that it's— Not even a consideration. I'm thankful for mercy every day. I was a disciple of Coors before I was a disciple of Christ. Mm. I was the guy that if you were 18, 19, 20 years old, I was the guy that your friends all said, don't go on a date with him. Don't go on
0: a Mm. date with him.
2: I was a fighter. I was misogynistic. I was very prejudiced. But most of all, I struggled with alcohol. And I come from a family of alcoholics. It took its toll on our family tree. And my distance, the distance I kept between God and me was not because I did not believe in Easter that uh, Jesus could step out of the tomb. But it was more that I I didn't believe he could forgive a jerk like me. But I happened to begin attending and because of the influence of a fellow I met in college I began attending a church that really taught the beauty of grace. And so in my early 20s, I said, okay, I'm throwing my hat back in the ring. Hmm. And so I don't know any other, nobody's ever had to try to explain grace to me. And so Hmm. Christmas is all about the advent of grace, the advent of a Savior, Hmm. Savior. That's the joy of every longing heart, every longing heart desires to know, not a judge, not somebody that we have to satisfy or please, but the joy of every longing heart is that a Messiah would come. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened in Bethlehem. So again, I think I've just got an advantage. If you're a great sinner, then you serve a great Savior. And Mm. that would describe me.
0: Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. (laughs) This reading plan We get to watch and play a small role (laughs) as the reading plans are developed here in the She Reads Truth team. And so when I opened this Advent book to start reading through in preparation for our conversation, the content was not a surprise to me because I had already seen it, right? I knew what we proofed the book, we, we created the content for the book, we being the full team. But even still, I was telling Rachel this morning, I was just so still like surprised and delighted by the way this specific Advent reading plan is structured. You know, there's a there's a way in which every Advent we're going to read some of the same passages of Scripture. You know, we will... Always read from Genesis three and mm-hmm. that first promise of the Messiah. We will always read you know, some of those Isaiah like Genesis from, twelve and pro- yeah. yes from some of those prophecies from Isaiah and different. There are just verses that we will always read. This is the first time that I can recall. Well, it's the first time that we've walked through a hymn and to see, you know, where in Scripture, where are the Scriptures that inspired this hymn that we connect with so deeply, and how does it tell the Advent story? But even more than that, something that this reading plan does that I'm really excited about (laughs) is that it shows how that Jesus that you just spoke of with such affection and fondness and gratitude, because he has saved you, that that Jesus is the same God that we read about in the Old Testament. We've spent a lot of time at Sheer Truth in the Old Testament this year. Mm-hmm. We were in Exodus, Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Like, we have, we're... Ezekiel. Ezekiel.
1: Ezekiel. We really did spend a lot of time in the Old we Testament. We were in the Old Testament a lot. Yeah.
0: And so to see specifically how the God of the Old Testament is the same Trinitarian God of the Christ who came, the Messiah, Uh who was born in Bethlehem. And so I'm going to read just this little, because I can't say it better than they've already said it, and it probably really frustrates them when I try to restate something (laughs) in my own words, and they're like, but we already gave you the sentence, Amanda. Uh But in this reading plan, we'll read New Testament passages that demonstrate how Jesus, the Son, is the embodiment of the God we experience throughout the Old Testament. The story of Christmas is a story of how the God of creation, the patriarchs, the prophets, the marginalized, took on human nature and came near to us. And where, like you just spoke of, where sin and shame made a barrier, God made a way Mm. through Jesus. And so it's that kind of helping us, when it's so easy for me, I'll speak for myself, to kind of think of... God the Father and Jesus the Son, and forget that they are one God, mm-hmm. that this reading plan really specifically shows that they are one and that Jesus is the it's a new way of thinking about fulfillment, I think, yeah. and the fulfillment of these prophecies. So I'm I'm stoked. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> so okay. Let's get into our reading. And I think that the best way to do that. Max, we'd love for you to do some reading with us. But I think that the first thing I want to do is read the lyrics of the hymn. I want to kind of set up this reading plan via the, or via, what do you say, via or via?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's a, a Lucado, know.
1: Lucado. I'm off. <laughs> Just kidding. You know. I think
0: it's via. But, um, you know.
1: but through this hymn, and as y'all listen, you're going to hear the Christmas story, you're going to hear the gospel. It says, Come, thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth, thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now, thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Amen. It's going to be a good advent this oh. year, guys. I mean, let's go to day two and look at—I mean, we start more plans than you would think in Genesis um, (laughs) because it's just where the beginning begins, at least our beginning begins. But looking at Genesis 3, this is the moment. This is the temptation. This is the fall. This is where in chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. This is where the presence of God— is With man,
0: mm hmm.
1: And then, Max, what happens?
2: Well, my daughter, you guys know Andrea, she's we love Andrea daughters, and mm-hmm. I'll never forget she was six or seven years of age. And she said, Daddy, why did God put that tree in the garden?
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What a that's a good question. question. It? Wow,
2: it's mm-hmm. a that's a heavy duty question. Why yeah, it did. is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think I told her, at least I hope I said something like, God loves us too much to leave us without a choice. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Love gives a choice. You know, if uh, my wife was conscripted and forced to be my wife, I don't think our marriage would be healthy. Mm. But if there was that time in her life and mine where we said, I do... And then basically a healthy marriage says, I do every day, (laughs) Mm -hmm, or I still do. I think Adam and Eve were given that choice to say, I do. And yet the time came, they said, hmm, I don't. Mm -hmm, I don't. Something entered them at that point that has been transmitted to all of us. All of us have said, I don't, instead of I do. And so Adam and Eve took the choice to to turn away from their destiny, from their assignment, and consequently we need a Savior, somebody to come and redeem us. I think what longing for Him means to me in that context is I'm longing to live in that land Mm -hmm. in which we all say I do, Mm -hmm. and there is no Satan to tempt us.
1: Amen. Yeah. yeah. There, there's
2: yeah. still a choice to love, but there is no serpent. That's going to be the beauty of the of the new kingdom. Yeah. You know,
1: and uh, mm-hmm. so
2: that is magical in my mind to yeah. imagine that.
1: I love that language and that that framing. And then, Max, it really—to think that every one of us has said, I don't, right? And then to look later in the day two reading, after we read Genesis 3 together— and to look to Romans 5, where it essentially says, just as through one man's I don't, we all sinned. Through one man's I do, we are all saved. I think that's beautiful. Would you read some of that for us? Maybe starting in verse 19.
2: By the way, I'm taking notes on this conversation for my Advent sermon. If, hope there you, you go. Mind.
1: I would love that. That is <laughs> a delight. That's a great line.
2: That. Through mm. one man's I, I don't. don't. Sin Mm -hmm. entered, yet through Mm -hmm. one man's I do, redemption came. That's Mm -hmm.
1: right. That was a collaborative (laughs) statement. We worked together on that.
2: (laughs) Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people, because all sinned.
1: Max, would you then go and read, starting at verse 19? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience, mm. the many will be made righteous.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. That's so beautiful. And then even that, those next two verses, the law came along to multiply the trespass. And here's your testimony, Max. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. Mm -hmm. So that just as sin, it's our testimony, to be clear. Um, (laughs) So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah, That's what we're longing for. What Mm -hmm. you described is the time when grace reigns, Mm -hmm. not sin and death.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we can only... Scratch the surface and try to imagine. You guys I'm confident know of or maybe have read or even met Johnny, Erickson, Tada. Mm, yeah. Johnny and I are kind of contemporaries and yeah, she yeah. and I've ministered side by side for many years. She's got a book on heaven that's mm. wonderful. But her story you'll remember as a teenager, she broke her neck in a diving mm-hmm. accident and has spent her life as a quadriplegic, always in a wheelchair. And has dedicated her life to ministering to those of mm-hmm. lack conditions. Beautiful ministry. Yes. She's just she's at the top of the list. She wrote a book on heaven, and she said in the book she said people always assume that what I'm looking forward to in heaven is to be able to walk, to be able to use my arms. And she said, of course that. But then she said something, and forgive me, Johnny, I am misquoting you entirely, Mm -hmm. but she said, what I'm really looking forward to is a mind that never worries, a tongue that never criticizes, a heart that never is judgmental. And she just described all the things that that sin has done to our psyche, to our system, and the world in which we will all not only have a perfect body, But a perfect outlook, a perfect relationship with Jesus, a perfect relationship one with the other. No envy, no bitterness, no hostility, no rivalry. And that's a picture of what sin has done to us. But because of Jesus, when you look at him, that's how we will be in the new kingdom. And so that coming of Jesus, come thou long-expected Jesus, this is the longing heart that we have because I think all of us long for that. We yeah. get so mm-hmm. weary of the brokenness and the sadness within us and with around us.
1: That's right. And to That's right. think
2: that that will be gone, that will be purged, all the guilt will be checked at the door of the gate of heaven, and mm. we'll enter a community, a society in which none of that exists. And truly, God will have his Garden of Eden.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Amen.
0: It brings me back to Andrea's question. Why was the tree there? And when I read through this passage this time around, and I've read the passage before, the phrases struck me differently that there in Genesis 3, Six, the woman, Eve, saw that the tree was good for food and it was delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. And so she took it. And so I was like, oh, she's longing for goodness and wisdom. And so what we see here, this disobedience is a misdirected longing. Like she's longing for appropriate things, but she's putting those Those expectations and that longing and those affections in the wrong place, and that to me, I mean that is when I look in my own heart, that is one of the tragedies of sin in my heart is that that I misplace my longing and put it on the wrong, on the wrong, on something that is
2: that is really well said and really well expressed, yeah.
0: Well, it is the first time that it had occurred to me that the tree was good. It was part yeah, of God's creation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And so it was good. The tree was not the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: you know? We have a swimming pool at our house. It's not a big pool, but it's a nice little kind of a cooling off pool. And mm-hmm. we have two grandchildren and a foster grandchild, and the the— Two boys and one girl, and the two boys were with me yesterday. I was in charge. Yes, I was. Papa <laughs> Max, they call me. The problem with that pool is that it's got a very steep drop off okay. the side of it. I mean, like a ten foot drop.
1: Oh wow! It's very yeah.
2: pretty, but it's not like the you can run around the whole pool. You run around half of it,
1: mm-hmm. but the
2: other part. You can't get to because it drops off. And if one of those grandsons, you can see where this is going—six, <laughs> mm. two, four-year-old boys. If one of them were to successfully climb up on the edge of that dangerous ledge, mm. yeah, I mean we're talking to fall. Yeah, you don't know how many times one of them in particular. I had to pull off the side of that pool. Mm. And he couldn't get it. I kept saying, "I kept saying, I'm afraid you'll fall. I'm afraid you'll fall." And he's sweet. He is ultimately obedient. I put the word ultimately in because he <laughs> likes to test it, right? <laughs> and uh, I would pull him back and he just gave me this look like, why? Why? Right. Why is it bad for me to be up here on a slippery <laughs> edge mm-hmm. of, of a Precious. tiled pool? But I was just doing what was best for him. Right. And I think that is a, such a picture of, we parents get theology. Because we want what's best for our kids, and we know our kids don't know what's best for them.
0: Yeah, it's not right. that
2: we don't love them. It's just that we've it's been that around we the
0: block. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so Eve thought that was best for her. That is a great point. She thought that there was a way to access a deeper fulfillment. It wasn't enough what yeah. God had given. She just wanted a little bit more or a little something different. And so it came down to, am I going to listen to grandpa? <laughs> or am I going to listen to my heavenly father? Or am I going to trust my own gut? And that's a question we each have to answer on a daily basis. As Christians, ages. we acknowledge that we have taken the wrong path, that we have gone over the edge against our father's will, and that we need somebody right. to come down into our world and save us unbelievers have yet to acknowledge. They just say, well, you know what? I think we all know what's best for us. We don't need a God. It pretty well comes down to that, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. a good fall off the edge is what we need to to wake us up. At least that's what I need.
1: Hey friends, interrupting this conversation really quickly to remind you that it is not too late to get your Advent books. Advent is a long season and we will spend five weeks in this series. So if you still want a book, go to truth.com and pick one up. Use fast shipping and we will get it to you as quickly as we can. But if you want it today, the great news is that you can also order a digital study book and download it immediately. Don't forget, there are all kinds of great Christmas gifts and Advent extras, reading card sets, 25 card sets and some fantastic Kids Read Truth resources. Y'all are going to love them, and you'll find them all at shopshereadstruth.com. All right, back to the episode. We giggle, or at least smirk at each other a little bit when we talk about, you know, oh, yeah, back to Genesis, you know, every time we go back to Genesis. But there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially for Advent, there is a reason for that, Max, because we talk about the joy of every longing heart. We read in Genesis 3, the God is walking in the garden, mm. looking for them. The presence mm. of God is available to mm-hmm. them. And then at the end of Genesis 3, you know, then they're sent out of the garden. And it says mm-hmm. in, you know, in verse 22, then the Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil, he must not reach out take from the tree of life eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. And that is the foundation of our story. It's the beginning, not just of Advent, but it's the beginning of the story. And when we talk about every longing heart, Mm -hmm. the thing that every heart is longing for, is to be in the presence of the Lord.
2: Can I just jump into and point out verse 21?
1: Please. The Lord
2: made clothing from skins for the man and his wife. Yes, sir. And he clothed them. Mm -hmm. There is the very first shedding of blood. That's right. For the protection of God's people. That's right. He would not send them out unprotected. Mm -hmm. So he shed the blood, right? He made clothing from skin. And so an animal was... We can use the word sacrificed yeah. so that Adam and Eve could have protection. That's a yeah. foreshadowing and anticipation it is. of the greatest sacrifice so that we could be covered. That's uh, right. The blood of Christ was poured out so that Max is a 21-year-old mm-hmm. troublemaker, but yet repentant and apologetic, could be covered. And so when we come to Christ, we're covered. We're clothed, Galatians says. We're clothed yes. with Christ. That's what a right. picture, huh? Mm. We put on Christ like a garment.
1: Thanks for taking yeah. us back to that. That's good. Yeah. Mm.
2: A lot of gospel in
0: Genesis. My goodness. <laughs> so much.
1: <laughs> because what you just said, like that is
0: that is true for Max. And mm-hmm. part of the beauty of the gospel is for Everyone who believes, right? Like the gospel uses that language of... Mm this is, as Rachel likes to say, a y'all come. <laughs> like you're all that's invited. That's a good way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all come. And yeah, and so in our day three reading, which is still, so I'm gonna pause actually and tell you listeners that something you will notice as you're reading along this week, we're allowing the lyrics of the hymn to kind of give us a map to walk through the Advent season, but the scriptures are gonna guide us, yeah, right? that's right. Because we're here to read the scriptures. And so there will be some days where we'll spend one, two, sometimes even three days on one line from the hymn Mm -hmm. and reading different passages of Scripture that have inspired that concept from the hymn. So that to say that on the day three reading, we're still... In kind of under the umbrella of come now long expected Jesus. That's right. I mean, that the Monday reading is about that waiting for the promised Messiah. And here on Tuesday, it is the waiting for the promised Messiah, but also who, who is the promised blessing, right? Because Max, that promise, that covering is for you specifically and Part of the beauty of the gospel is that it is for anyone who would receive it. Mm-hmm. And so we see that beginning of that promise in Genesis 12 that we'll read on Tuesday.
1: Max, talk to us about why Genesis 12, why this conversation between the Lord and Abraham, why is that significant?
2: Well, I love what you just said, the y'all come. I think there's a title for a book. We need to collaborate. I think we should.
1: I think we've got a lot of great ideas cooking right now. Let's
2: go. Yeah, yeah. write a book and Mm -hmm. make that the title. Y'all come. come. That's right. Amen. Mm -hmm. God throws open the door, the famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him. And I believe we get a, a sampling of that promise here in here in Genesis twelve, mm-hmm. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless those who bless you. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Yeah. Well, if you got a highlighter, underline that.
0: Yeah. All that's right. the
2: peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You know, the kind of the old saints used to talk about a specific grace and a common grace. Yeah. Specific grace is what we receive specifically for our forgiveness of sins, but every human being who's ever walked on the earth has enjoyed God's common grace, mm-hmm. that he has withheld his wrath that a sinful world deserves, that he has blessed us with a beautiful creation that is a an appetizer for the creation to come. So, Even the most hard-hearted, even the Mao tongues, even the Adolf Hitler's, even the harshest people who have ever lived have enjoyed the common grace of God. So I think what God is promising here, all the peoples of earth will be blessed. So that's true. Every Mm -hmm. human being, any person who has taken a breath has enjoyed the blessing of God. And as we enter into a relationship with God, That's when that specific grace, that's when we begin to truly experience the blessings of God forgiving us, but also God dwelling within us, God dwelling within us. I know we're in Genesis. I'm so tempted to jump into the New Testament.
1: But we jump straight to Galatians. (laughs) I mean, later in, in day three, we read from Galatians chapter three, I mean, Max, read it for us. Go for it. Verse 27 through 29, what does it say?
2: For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed
1: with Christ. Just like you said. Mm,
2: mm, mm, mm. I remember preaching on that scripture. I mentioned earlier that I don't have a—you know, I have a great testimony. I have a great testimony, and I'm thankful for it. I would not want anybody to have the years that I had and on my stomach, and forgive me for too much information. This is going somewhere, so forgive me. (laughs) But I have a scar on my stomach where in a fight, a guy decided to put out more than one cigarette on my stomach. That's just gross, isn't it? That's Mm -hmm. just terrible. And there's a scar there to this day. And I use that story at times over the years to say, but you can't see it. You can't Mm -hmm. see it. Because I'm clothed, I'm clothed. You know, there's something about the clothing of Christ. To be clothed with Christ is to say that all those things that we did for which we might have shame or regret or embarrassment, they're not visible any longer. They're not visible. Christ has covered us. Mm -hmm. Do you not think it's a beautiful thought to think that since we're clothed with Christ, when heaven sees us, heaven sees Christ? Amen. Heaven sees the robe of Christ, the presence of Christ.
0: It's almost unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I have a friend
2: who's a psychologist, and he said the basic human fear is not death, but shame.
1: Yeah. Amen.
2: That's something to wrestle with, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Not fear, but shame. And shame is not I've done bad, but I am bad. There's Mm -hmm. the difference. You know, guilt says I've done bad, shame says I am bad. Mm. I am bad. So we fear that. We fear that. And so through this promise of Jesus Christ, he has declared us worthy of being clothed with Christ. And so I can talk freely about my past. To be honest, I don't feel shame. I feel treasured, Mm -hmm. treasured. Mm -hmm. I like Adam and Eve made bad decisions. I still do. But I believe that I am treasured in the eyes of God so much that he robes me just like the father did the prodigal son, puts a robe around him and covers up everything that I've done, and all he sees is Christ.
1: Your story of shame becomes your victory story. It becomes this is how we are more than conquerors in Christ. Are you writing these things down? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're recording them. Max take us back Max I want to go back to Galatians 3 to finish that verses 28 and 29 because as we're talking about all the nations of the world being blessed through Abraham and then like you were just saying it gets specific when we belong to Christ like there is yeah. that specific grace will you read verses yeah. 28 and 29 for us too
2: yes 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 yes. there is no Jew or greek or slave or free male and female since you are all one in christ jesus and if you belong to christ then you are abraham's seed heirs according to the promise
1: abraham's seed even if i'm not born of abraham if if i belong Mm -hmm. to christ i'm grafted into that family Mm Heirs with Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what verse 7 says ahead is, you know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. So it's not biology or lineage. That's right. It's faith that Mm -hmm. grafts us into this family.
2: It's so important that we always keep in context the big idea of Scripture, and that is God is preparing a people for himself with whom he will reign forever. Mm -hmm. His goal is not just to make life better. His goal is to recruit for himself a population of people Mm -hmm. with whom he will populate a new Mm -hmm. kingdom. That's why we're heirs with Christ. It's not just so I can have a Monday that's not as tough, which is a blessing, but it's so I can have an anticipation of a life in the presence of and in the service of and reigning with the King of Kings.
1: And Max, mm-hmm. that thing that you just said, you just listed the things that are essentially due us because we are heirs with Christ. Those things, those benefits, but those dues to us, that inheritance, those are the things, Amanda, that you listed that Eve was after.
0: Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. wanted
1: wisdom. She wanted these things that, and mm-hmm. she went about the wrong way, but through faith in Christ, He is the giver yeah. of those things. Yeah. Yeah. The giver and the gift. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love Quickly,
2: that. Um, can I also point out what please. this passage could cure in our society? If we really believe there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, look mm-hmm. what we're dealing with here. Because of grace, we have a built-in respect That's for right. people of different genders and different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah, How much trouble... Has our society, have all societies generated because of racism or sexism?
1: Amen.
2: But this passage says, no, what matters more than your ethnic background, more than your gender, what matters is that you're an heir of Christ. That's right. And so right. I can look at you and I say, you're of equal value, we're of equal value. I can, male can say that to female, female can say that to male. And then we can say that of a different ethnic backgrounds. We're all of equal value because yeah. we've been purchased by Christ. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's what the gospel highlights is that, I mean, Scripture teaches that there is beauty in those differences and inherent dignity being made in the image of God and, and all of the different ways that different humans around the globe reflect yeah. our amazingly diverse and creative God. And yet, even that is not our ultimate identity because our spiritual identity is our ultimate identity. That's right. You got it. It's just beautiful. I love this conversation because we are touching on so many different aspects. I mean, here we are, we're only technically three days into the reading Mm -hmm. of the Advent plan, and we're already touching on so many sources for this. This longing that is common to the human experience. The tensions, like tension is a word that we often use when we're That's talking right. about Advent mm-hmm. because we are people who live on this side of Christ's coming and his death and resurrection. but we are waiting mm-hmm. for him to return. And so there is there is just a tension inherent to our lives and our lives as christians that this reading plan is highlighting in a way that i think we haven't yeah. gotten to uh-huh. in an advent season
1: yet so I like it. yeah i, like I do it. too and we're on i mean turning the page in this week you know we don't read everything on the podcast cuz that's the joy that y'all have as you are women and men in the word of god every day this week but day 4 is the final reading day that's titled come thou long expected jesus and you'll read about Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice of his son Mm -hmm. and the way that the Lord provides a ram as a sacrifice. And there's so much foreshadowing.
0: Oh, you're going to love it.
1: So you're going to love that. But then to day five on Thursday, we changed the day title. And now we go down one lyric to born to set thy people free. And of course, we begin in the Exodus. And Mm -hmm. we read there. Mm
0: -hmm. This language... Okay, I'm going to read a few verses here from Exodus 3, and then I would love, Max, as we are approaching the end of our hour, which makes me really sad. This is such a good conversation. But I want to read a few of these verses and then help us to see Christmas in this. Hmm. Like, help us to see, because there may be some of our friends listening who They're understanding, okay, I'm getting this. I'm learning about the gospel and Jesus and what the Bible teaches about why Jesus needed to come. But like, what does this have to do with Christmas? You know, like, what are we talking about here? And so listen to this, Exodus 3, starting in verse 7, the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. And I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey and It goes on to say, uh-huh. "You know again, that I have seen them, uh-huh. and I am sending I am sending, I'm going to rescue so where's Jesus there, and how did the does this story? And these Old Testament passages point us to the baby born in the manger.
2: Well, you likely have a listener who feels unseen, Mm
1: -hmm. who feels
2: unnoticed, Mm -hmm. who feels forgotten and neglected. This passage and countless others like it tell us that we have a God who sees us, who hears our prayers, who knows our struggles who cares so deeply about us that even in those seasons in which we do not know how to pray as we ought, we have the Holy Spirit taking our groans and our utterings and making them as worthy petitions to be heard in the throne room of heaven. So even though we think we are unseen, here the Jews, the Israelites, had been in Egyptian captivity for 400 years, 400 years. But God heard their cries, God heard their cries, and activated in motion, set in motion, this elaborate, though it seems to me elaborate, I guess it was very simple for him, this elaborate plan to redeem an entire nation of oppressed slaves. Hmm. So many things are worth noting. Can I just mention one? Mm -hmm. And that is that God did it all. God did it all. He did have a responsive and amazingly courageous servant named Moses. But truly, God did it all. God appeared to Moses. God convinced Moses. Mm -hmm. God sent Moses. God sent Moses to talk to the people. The Israelites were resistant initially. Still, God kept working. God instigated the ten miracles. God opened the Red Sea. God did it all. He did it all. It's a beautiful picture of grace. We do not see the Israelites taking up arms and, you know, forming an army and going against the Egyptians. Truly, they were just recipients of it. God bless them for having the courage to walk across the Red Mm -hmm. Sea that was opened before them. They took steps of faith. And we, too, take steps of faith. But the old saying is true. We take one step. God takes 3,000 to come and to rescue us. Mm-hmm. And so it's a picture of, of Jesus entering into our world Amen. and to setting in motion a plan of redemption in which we go from slaves to free. So mm-hmm. blessed be his name. He is our mm-hmm. Moses. You know, he's yeah. our deliverer. He is the one who has walked us not through the Red Sea, but through the cemetery and has opened it up, mm. and has walked us through and set us free, not from Egyptian bondage, but from the penalty of our own sin. The penalty and the power of our own sin. That's the right. penalty has been paid, has been satisfied, and as we grow in Christ, the power is reduced, mm-hmm. and the sin that holds us enslaved today, we can pray against that. And as we're sanctified, as we grow in Christ, even the power of sin, is taken away from us. That's and so, yeah, you can get me preaching on the, I on like the story of, yeah. of the Egyptian bondage. Yeah. I had never thought of it as an Advent message, but you're spot on. Mm. It portrays everything that happened for us because of Bethlehem.
1: Well, mm. and what you did for us, Max, is you just showed us a God who is so specifically intimate and near and kind that He sees Mm -hmm. He hears our prayers. You showed us this God who is near and specific and individual. And then you you took us big, and you're like, and He is the God who did it all, Mm -hmm. right? And I love thinking about that in the context of also what we've been talking about here, this joy of every longing heart. I want to be clear to the three of us and to everyone listening that the longing won't only be satisfied in the future, in the second advent, that the longing is actively satisfied Mm -hmm. in the presence of God that we have through His Spirit. And so when we long, we have immediate fulfillment in the presence of God indwelling in us as believers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that feels really important to be able to think about the intimate and near to us God who sees the things that we think nobody sees and the Mm -hmm. God who is so big that does it all. This transitions really beautifully, honestly, you guys,
0: to this final reading this week that you guys will get to on Friday in Isaiah 49, because like you just said, Max, like God was doing the rescuing. (laughs) And listen to these verbs in Isaiah 49, starting in verse 8. This is the Lord speaking, I will answer you. I'm going to skip around because I'm just going to highlight these verbs. Are you ready? I will answer you. I will help you. I will keep you. I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land. I And then down a little further in 11, I will make All my mountains into a road and my highways will be raised up. How about that? But it's the Lord who is doing the saving. And then there's so much beautiful prophecy in Isaiah about the coming Messiah. Hmm. But I felt like, y'all, when I read this passage from Luke in the CSB, it's titled Rejection at Nazareth which is a poignant title, given what's about to happen. But in Luke 4, starting in 16, where Jesus essentially is like, not essentially, he says, (laughs) those prophecies are being fulfilled in your midst Mm -hmm. right now. Can we read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Luke 4. Rachel, you want to read? Yeah.
1: Starting in 16. Sure. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord—I could just picture Jesus standing Uh in the synagogue and reading from Isaiah and saying— The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it says, he then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. It's like
0: the ultimate mic drop Oh, my right word. There.
1: And the eyes of everyone <laughs> in the synagogue were fixed on him. Mm-hmm. He began by saying to them, today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, isn't this Joseph's son?
0: I love that nod so much to the to the nativity. You know, to like wait a minute. Yeah, this is Joseph's boy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, and then thus likely begins the rejection part of the passage. Yes, who does he think he is? Part.
1: Yes, but um, but to just picture Jesus standing in the synagogue and reading these words, and as we're thinking about the lyric "Born to set thy people free," and for Jesus to say, "He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives." Amen. What do you think? What do you think, Max?
2: So much in this scripture that jumps out at me. I like what you said. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Mm
1: -hmm. If I
2: understand and recall correctly, the reader, in this case Jesus, was given the liberty to select the scripture within the scroll they were handed. And let it be said that Jesus knew scripture well enough to find his place to read.
1: Amen. He knew his Bible. That's
2: extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, Mm -hmm. I I know that he is the author of Scripture. But there is a time in history, as documented here, that the presence of God on earth did what you invite people to do every day, open Scripture, find a verse, and read it. Mm -hmm. He was not beyond doing that. He could have so clearly just quoted it. Mm -hmm. But he found it. His finger ran down until he said, okay, I want to read this. And then he said, he's quoting from Isaiah the prophet, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord and the beautiful harmony here between the God, the son and God, the spirit as they cooperate in their unique assignments and yet overlapping assignments. And he has anointed me by the way, you've been anointed. Mm-hmm. I've been anointed and mm-hmm. the same spirit that anointed Jesus anoints us. And Jesus then goes on to say, I've been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, mm. to the poor, not to the affluent, but to the poor. Does he mean poor physically or poor spiritually? The answer is yes.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, be blessed
2: are the poor in spirit, but mm-hmm. he never forgot the disenfranchised, and the that's marginalized. Right. That's
1: right.
2: He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed. And here it is, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's a throwback to that once every seven year, year of jubilation, yeah, celebration. That's right. Yeah, mm. the year of the Lord's favor was a year in which God pushed the reset on society and everybody's debts were free. And they were given a fresh start, a fresh start in life. So he's proclaiming that everybody gets set free. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And what the Old Testament offered, you know, financially, we're offering spiritually. Everybody gets a fresh start. Mm. Boy, you guys picked a powerful passage. Look at that. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Closed so the Bible. I should say, the ultimate mic drop.
1: Uh-huh. It
0: is, uh-huh. and then saying, like, by the way, that's about me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's
2: been fulfilled Which, in your presence. for
1: those of us who have heard this before and read this before, we get tickled by it, but imagine the audacity of a man standing in the synagogue reading that passage and then saying, that's about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Whew. And as evidence of the totality of the incarnation, they said, wait a second, you're Joseph's son.
1: Yeah, yeah. So for
2: 30 years, he's just been, you're just one of us. He's in Nazareth. He's in his hometown. So he has done nothing thus far to show off, Mm -hmm. right? How did he live 30 years, God and man in the same body, knowing that he could levitate over the crowd at any moment if he wanted to, but he just kept everything. He did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. That's all a quote from Philippians, you know, Mm -hmm. as you know. But he is completely human and completely divine. And then at this moment, he announces his divinity. And they say, but you're just, you're the guy who lived down the street. How could this be? Yeah, Mm, Beautiful.
0: I mean, that is the invitation. You, know, yeah. you just that is such a beautiful way to put it is that this, this that we are live on the air, feeling and experiencing right now, this like remembering the magnitude of the reality that God became man, yeah. and was born. Mm -hmm. as a baby human child, Mm -hmm. and lived a life on earth and dwelt among us, God's actual presence among humans, walking, not not set apart in a tabernacle, but a a Mm -hmm. walking, living, breathing tabernacle, walking among sinners. Garment you can touch. Yes. These are things that when we have followed Jesus for years and years, Things that you might know in your head, but forget Mm -hmm. the significance of and just maybe miss out on those moments of awe. And that's what we're doing. That's what Advent is, an invitation to remember, to remember what it means that Jesus came to dwell on earth and to remember why that birth in Bethlehem was so significant. And so we spend these four weeks walking up to Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. remembering—we've touched on just a few in this hour— but the many, many prophecies that Jesus fulfills yeah. and the many, many reasons mm-hmm. that we long for him and need him. And so I just, we just invite you all in. This is a y'all come. It is a we y'all invite come. you in to scripture. We invite you into the Advent season. We specifically invite you into Advent with She Reads Truth because this is what we're gonna be doing. Yeah. Is just having these conversations mm-hmm. so that when Christmas Day gets here, mm-hmm we know exactly what we're celebrating.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Max, thank you so much for this time. I knew it would be special, but my goodness, this was wonderful. Thank you.
2: Sure did go quickly. It did. It did, did,
1: didn't it? Mm -hmm. That just means we have to do it again.
2: Well, thank you. I hope so. It certainly whetted an appetite in my heart for a deeper appreciation of the first Advent and a deeper longing of the second one.
1: So thank you. Amen. Same. All right. Well, friends listening, we will be back next week for week two of our Advent series with J.J. Heller. I am so excited.
0: Listen, I know J.J. She's a delight and it's going to be really sweet. This is going to be wonderful. Yeah.
1: So definitely be a woman or man in the Word of God every day this week. Read these Advent scriptures. Have discussions with your friends and your family about what you're reading as you just prepare Him room in your heart. That's right. And then come back, of course, next week for week two. But until next week, Max, what do we tell our friends?
2: Keep opening your Bibles.